Powder Dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld slash Watchmen slash HBO Boys slash uh, Name in the Works podcast. I'm James, and with me always is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hello. And today we're going to be breaking down the Comic-Con trailer for the new HBO show Watchmen, which is going to be uh, the next show which we are going to follow on our recap and review show. That was the smoothest intro I think we've ever done. It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I only messed up twice. It doesn't... It, no, remember? I think in the past you said, like, you were never going to mess up an intro again. And as long as you don't admit it to yourself, it never actually happened. That's right. And then Ryan edits out all of the uh, mistakes I make and all of the radical and political things that I say, uh, which cannot be aired. No. When you just lean into a rant, it's like, oh, that's five minutes gone. So I actually, I'm really excited for this trailer and for this show. We did the Watchmen trailer last week, and it was a little underwhelming, I felt, but... This, this trailer actually does, you know, well, it's first season. It opens up a lot of mysterious things, and it leaves room for theorizing. And I'm thinking, just based on this trailer, Watchmen is going to be a bit more of a straightforward narrative. Westworld is a bit unique in the way that, like, everything's a mystery and everything's a mindfuck. Well, yeah, that's, like, the, point, the part of the show. Also, you said Watchmen trailer. I think you meant Westworld trailer. But I get why you, un- like, Watchmen is on the mind, so I very much understand. There's a lot of W's going around. There are a few W's here, that's for sure. I, I'm i I'm very excited for the show, Watchmen, that is. It's a Damon Lindelof show of lost fame, but more importantly to me, of The Leftovers fame. And The Leftovers is an HBO show that only had three seasons and was cut off short, but they knew it was going to get cut off short. And I think I pitched it. Uh, last time as well it's i just finished watching it it has a cult following now because a lot of people really didn't like it well i don't know about like it just a lot of people didn't see it as it was airing but uh it's one of my favorite tv shows now i just finished it and the leftovers is so so good damon lindelof did a wonderful job on that show and now he's working on Watchmen. so i don't it's just it's all positive for me Plus, I really liked the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. Uh, I haven't read the any of the comic books, which I feel like I need to get into at some point. If we're going to Watchmen podcast, I probably need to comic book. Yeah, the Watchmen graphic novel, it wasn't released originally as like a serialized comic series, but now it's just remembered as a graphic novel. It's probably the best superhero graphic novel ever made. I think huge comic book nerds are going to shit themselves if they hear me say that, but it's the truth. Not that there there are better graphic novels out there. This is the best superhero graphic novel, hands down. Does me calling it a comic book enrage that fan base? I mean, who knows? Honestly, if you're still a DC fan at this point, I got a lot of pity for you, man. It has not been a good couple years for you. Well, I feel fine about DC. I, I just I, that's that's my uh, hot take. I feel fine about it. That's, we got to get as many hot, spicy takes in here. We're the Hot Take, Spicy Take podcast. Hashtag HBO Boys. Hashtag James Watches Men. Still the best Twitter ever made. By the way, <laughs> James has a new Twitter, at James Watches Men. Best Twitter name all time. And I say that with like a question mark at the end, but I don't doubt myself whatsoever. 
Listen, guys, when I was coming up with that name, I wasn't thinking about the homoerotic overtones, all right? I was just trying to incorporate my name into the title of the show, and uh, I didn't think about it, and then suddenly I had registered the name, and it was too late. I don't think that's true. I think you're, I think you're lying. I think you know exactly what you were doing. But to be fair, you, you pulled it off. With, you, you, you were, went off the pommel horse. That's a, that's a gymnastics term for you. You pommel horsed it. You landed on one broken leg, put your hands up in the air, and said to yourself, this is the best Twitter name of all time. I got it. Gold. Absolute gold. But to what you were just saying, it's interesting to me that now, you know, a lot of these people who worked on Lost, these people who started this golden age of prestige television in the early to mid 2000s are now coming back with these huge big budget shows on services like HBO and Netflix, where the, I think that's kind of where the future is and that's where the money is. Well, having, listen, everybody and their brother has a streaming service now. You're about to get Disney plus with ESPN plus and Hulu bundled for like $13, which they're doing very specifically to be like, Hey, Netflix, $2 less than your premium service. And it's three things. Take that in your face. Apple has their own service with uh, their flagship show. Good morning. Starring Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. So they're just throwing money at people as well. And like everybody has a streaming service. Everybody has money, and if you've proven to make a TV show in the past that was any bit good, which a lot of people loved Lost, you know, right up until the end where it was very divisive and a lot of people fell off, but, you know, still people think still think Lost is one of the greatest TV shows of all time, which, that's fine, that's a fine idea and fine thought. I will tell you, though, The Leftovers is better. By the way, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale right now. I am on season two of that show, and I recall as The Handmaid's Tale beat Westworld at the Emmys over and over again that I was like, I'm going to go watch it. You've always said that you liked the first season of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I don't think this is a spicy take, but I don't think The Handmaid's Tale is better than Westworld, especially not better than the first season of Westworld that blew everything, like most any TV show that was on at the time out of the water, minus the good seasons of Game of Thrones. And uh, it's really good. I like The Handmaid's Tale a lot. It's And by the way, uh, all of those things that I just mentioned, not better than The Leftovers, which again, has me pretty excited for Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and to be honest, I might switch over from Netflix over to that, that, that bundle of streaming you just mentioned. Because for one thing, Netflix is like canceling shows left and right. And not necessarily any of the shows that got canceled were ones that I was in love with. With the exception of maybe House of Cards, but I mean their hands were kind of tied there because Kevin Spacey got canceled pretty hard. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a bit of a creeper. What are you gonna do? Did you see his stupid ass on the side of a street reading poetry the other day? No, I haven't seen that, but I I, I did love his you know after his most recent allegations came out his his insane let's be frank video where he's like okay everyone hates me and thinks I'm a pedo. I will get out of this with my <laughs> the way I get out of everything. I will act my way out of this. <laughs> yeah, this is not a plastic bag, Kevin Spacey. Can't act your way out of it. Also, yeah, his it's like he had a manager meeting and he was like, "This is what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to turn crazy up to 11. See how it goes." But yeah, that's my fear is that I'll get invested into some hot new Netflix show and then it gets canceled after one season. And so, w- what was I paying for then? You know. 
Right. Netflix is on the chopping block for me, too, because I have HBO Go. I have Hulu for free with Spotify. I have Amazon video service that comes with Amazon Prime because I like good deals. And Netflix is the one that's kind of on the bottom of the barrel for me, which I never thought that'd be possible. It was the first one in, you know, it was the first one through the door. It might not and it might be getting hit on its way out by said door on its batocks. So and that's how I say, but you're all going to have to deal with that. I think Netflix has fudged up a little bit in that they their primary thing was, okay, this is the source for me to just binge watch all of the now either canceled or in syndication shows that I used to watch. And they don't even have many of those anymore. I don't really like The Office, but everyone I know does. And I know The Office has left Netflix. It's not like they don't have The Simpsons on Netflix or anything. I think they used to have Malcolm in the Middle. They don't anymore. That I think that was the point of Netflix, and they've lost sight of that. Yeah, they didn't lose The Office. They have The Office until, I think, the end of 2020. And it was bought back by the NBC streaming service that's going to uh, be a thing as well. But in The Office is one of my favorite television shows of all time. Uh, I had it. I think I had multiple episodes of The Office on my top 10 or top five TV episodes of all time podcast that we did. I absolutely adore that show. And but yeah, and it's leaving Netflix because Netflix wouldn't pay an amount of money for it. To be fair, NBC was just going to keep putting their hand up on that bidding war. It's going to be the cornerstone of their streaming service. And again, everybody has a streaming service. But the Disney package of getting Disney, ESPN Plus and Hulu all for like 12 or 13 bucks. That's just insane. Of course, I'm going to do that. Take my money. Uh, you know, we are the HBO boys, so I think we've hitched our wagon to HBO Go, and that's the one we're going to root for. And so, uh, to hell with Netflix. Uh, Netflix can go uh, take a big shit. I don't care. <laughs> Speaking of that, have you been wa- using my HBO Go account to watch Six Feet Under? I have. I'm nearly done with it, <laughs> but I, I've been very busy. Yeah, I logged in. I was like, somebody's been in here. Someone's been rooting around. It's a good around. show, guys. All right, let us get into Watchmen, official Comic-Con trailer. The original trailer for Watchmen it revealed, like, very, 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 very little. It was just a teaser trailer, so there's really no point in discussing it. Let's just get into this one. Yeah, there are a few of these trailers. Of course, they came out with a new one for Comic-Con. They all do. They all have a Comic-Con-specific trailer. And this is nice and long. This is 3 minutes and 12 seconds, so you're going to get a real understanding of what this show should be right the tone of the show and if you're going into this not knowing who these characters are at all then you will have a pretty good idea by the end of it and by the way uh, I think her name is Regina Kelly I might be wrong but she's one of the main characters in the Watchmen and she was in the leftovers so (laughs) look at that two plus two equals four I know how to do math all right let me know when you're gonna press play and I will also press play at the same time Okay, three, two, one, play. This is a stick-up! Who are you? Who am I? If I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be wearing a mask. Okay. (laughs) So we will pause it here for the first time. Uh, That guy has a noose around his neck. What's his deal? Okay, so what we're seeing here is the birth of superheroes in the Watchmen universe. 
uh, that guy with the noose around his neck is named Hooded Justice, and he was the first guy to, like, put on a mask and start beating up street-level criminals. And we've actually never seen his origin story, so if they put it in this show, it'll be, like, the first time. This is basically you teaching me about the show we're going to watch. I like it. Okay, three, <laughs> two, one. I mean, again, you've seen the Zack Snyder film, right? So you know most of this. Yeah, but it was um, a while ago. Stuff, I, not the minutiae. Yeah, it was a while ago. I need to rewatch it. It's like five, 50 hours long, I think, isn't it? Anywho, <laughs> let's press play again. Three, two, one, play. Oh, wow, it's a double Zeppelin. believe that this world is fair and good. Yeah, her. She was in The Leftovers. Oh my god, Dr. Manhattan, but it's... Ooh, it's Dr. Manhattan. You don't do lollipops and rainbows. Alright, pause it here. So, what we've got here is apparently in the future, after the end of Watchmen, things did get better. The world was not destroyed by nuclear war, clearly. Ozymandias, Adrian Veidt, still alive and an old man celebrating his birthday. I guess people are grateful to him. Uh, even though probably the majority of people don't know what he did. Oh, does he want them to know what he did? No, he doesn't yeah. because he 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 ended World War Three by faking an attack on on Earth and uniting the world against uh, a common enemy. And uh, if it were if it were to come out that he did that, it would destroy the false peace he's created. Right. So it would just like start another world war. I get it. I'm getting it now. Good job, Ozzy. His cake looked very delicious. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. Soon thou shalt save us. And we will whisper. Alright, so it seems to be... Well, I like this woman's line that she's like, oh, there are no shades of gray. It's just black and white. That's like a Rorschach. You know, it's all symbolic. That's that's how he felt. It's, you know, there's not, oh, the circumstances of my life led me to commit crime. It's like, no, you're evil. That's it. So as I recall, I think the most quoted line, and this is just from my perspective, from the Zack Snyder film is when Rorschach is in the prison and he's like, you're in here with me. Uh, do is that? Would you say that that's the, one of the more iconic lines of the of that movie? Yeah, it probably is. And that I mean, uh, the actor James Earl Early or whatever. I believe it's James Earl Jones. That line really well. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Jones Mufasa, yeah. coming back. He did it. No, but yeah, no, that guy. No, the, the, that guy. He was great as Rorschach. He was so good. He he doesn't get a lot of work, but he was really good. Isn't at he that. also Freddy Krueger? <laughs> he was Freddy Krueger in the reboot that didn't go anywhere. Oh. Well, what are you going to do? So is this in a time where Rorschach is gone and there's a bunch of Rorschachs now? Rorschach was killed at the end of Watchmen, but spoilers, but um it's okay. He he did release his diary uh to like a conspiracy theory right-wing rag newspaper. He released his diary in there in which he detailed, like, what Adrian Veidt had did. But because Rorschach's, like, a crazy conspiracy nut, he did it the wrong way. He should have sent it to, like, legitimate news or he should have sent it to the authorities. But instead, he basically sent it to Alex Jones, which means it was going to go nowhere. Right. Well, I mean, he was one of the best parts of the movie. I, I liked his deal so much. Just because he seemed like an absolute crazy person. And I'm always kind of on the side of the absolutely crazy people. What's funny is that, like, a lot of, like, you know, casual Watchmen fans, they watch it and they think, like, oh, Rorschach's such an unflinching, uncompromising hero. What a good guy. It's like, no, 
Rojak may have done some good things, uh, but he was fucking insane. And he lived a miserable, horrible life. <laughs> it's not someone you want to look up to. He's my hero. A hero. And dad. And we will whisper. Keep going. HBO presents. We're the HBO boys, baby. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. Don Johnson. They were just hibernating. It came for everybody. Oh, please. Oh, God. The flag is different. Attacks at the homes of Tulsa PD. So the cops hide their faces, and now the bad guys don't know where they live. Who doesn't want a secret identity? I kind of want a secret identity. All right, let's let's pause it here. So this is, I think, this is what we're gonna get as like the opening plot of the show. Like, apparently, I think there are like devotees of Rorschach, probably misguided now, uh, who they are deeply adversarial against authority and the police, like Rorschach was, and. They've, I don't, I don't think Rojak would approve of people massacring cops, but that's what happened. People wore his mask and took up his name and are, are becoming like a terrorist organization. And so in response to that, uh, the police have now gone totally anonymous so that they can't, they can't be attacked in their own homes or something. It, it seems pretty dark. Yeah. That's the lights have been out for, for weeks and months kind of dark that's the revolution show on fox where all the lights went out kind of dark i like it i like that the cops are like we're hiding now we're incognito incognito got him yeah i mean obviously this is gonna have you know a lot to say i think about the political situation in america right oh, now gross. And probably gonna be uh Super hot and spicy. And, you know, certainly the way that the police in America have been militarized uh, has not been good for the country. And now they're going to be paramilitarized. Ugh, there's nothing I hate more than social commentary. Yeah, get your politics out of my extremely political comic book. <laughs> no, we won't. Anywho, press play. Ta-da! It just makes me want People eggs. Wear masks are dangerous. They cracked eggs. We should be For scared. New audio. Why? Oh, because they're hiding something. Yeah, punch her in the face. Okay, so it's let's pause here. It seems to be that uh, this actress who you like, um, she's a mother, I guess, and she's becoming one of like the Gen Three masked superheroes and we see her beating the shit out of a bunch of people and i guess she's taken on uh, a more pure ideology of rojak which is that you know the world is is black and white good and evil and uh i guess she views in this situation uh the paramilitarized masked cops as evil yeah so she seems to be closer to what rojak actually thought and also yeah her name is regina king and uh, yeah she was in the leftovers also the Rorschach like cult that is occurring that is massacring cops uh, a little bit like the guilty remnant from the leftovers the cult that uh, appeared after two percent of the world disappeared except for they didn't talk all wore white and smoked cigarettes constantly so not exactly this not even close to the same I just kind of wanted to bring them up I like them okay Blake Lori Blake FBI you know how you can tell the difference between a masked cop and a vigilante? No. Me neither. 
There's a vast and oh, That mask looks like it would be sweaty. <laughs> so this uh Let's pause here. This this woman, Lori Blake, this is Silk Spectre 2, Sally Jupiter from uh, The Watchmen. I'm sorry, Lori Jupiter. And she's taken on the comedian's last name. The comedian was secretly her dad. So now she's going by Lori Blake. Uh, interesting. I'm glad uh, that some of the characters that are apparently still alive are going to be in the show. We've seen old Adrian Veidt now. Now we've seen middle-aged Lori. I'm not too clear what year this is taking place. I would guess based on Lori's age, maybe like 20 years after Watchmen would mean like 2005 maybe. So this is set in 2005? I'm just guessing based on like how old the actress they've cast to play Lori. In in this dystopian alternate reality where or what year was the Watchmen like? Main story. 1985. Oh, okay. I wasn't even born yet in this weird alternate reality. And you, we see some things from the show. Like, we see we see Night Owl's, like, flying owl ship. I think that was it. Someone stepping out of that. You mentioned earlier that the flag was different. That might be because, among other things, Vietnam becomes an American state <laughs> in Watchmen. That's weird. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. Are you? Maybe uh, I'm Doctor Manhattan. He lives she said the F word, man. You curse too much. That's why. Oh shit! here. So. I love this song, David Bowie, Life on Mars. I, 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 would, I went on a David Bowie kick in high school a long time ago, and this was one of the big songs. I, I never really got off of, you know, the greatest hits album. So I'm pretty much a poser. Yeah, you're but, a poser. Um, <laughs> uh, it's cool if, if Dr. Manhattan's gonna be in it. It seems like maybe there's, he's put up like a false, shell of himself on Mars to keep everyone's eyes there to think that he's not doing stuff on Earth while maybe he has taken on a human life as this old man. So is he immortal? It's he seems to be. He he I mean he's this big blue Oscar statue and he hasn't aged since the 40s. Right. And I guess has there ever been a concern that he's a little bit too duex machina for this show or like does he just not do enough stuff? That because like he's the most powerful person on Earth, right? Yeah, and he, he's basically God. He's God. And in the story of the original Watchmen, it's like he was God trying to live out a human life, and then he realized that that's just basically not possible. And maybe I do still have like these human emotions, but I'm too powerful basically to live like a man. And I'm going to go off and be alone. And the last thing he says in Watchmen, he's like, "Yeah, I've kind of realized there's some value to life. Maybe I'll go create some life somewhere." Oh, yeah, like the god that he is. That's pretty cool. Also, a little bit akin to One Punch Man. Like, he's so powerful that it's lonely. Yeah, that's when you, you know, people always do these annoying who would win matchups. Dr. Manhattan would beat One Punch Man. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Dr. Manhattan cannot be punched to death. I'd like to see it. The and match of the century. Play. Zimandis <laughs> <laughs> just blew something up. Yeah, we get some more of uh, the night owl, the night owl owl ship. Ever. 
My boy Ozzy. It's only just begun. Oh my oh, god. 30 to 50 feral hogs. Dr. Manhattan's back. Where's Dr. Bronx? Is that a good joke? It's probably not. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Yonkers Dr. is my favorite. Dr. Astoria. Yeah. <laughs> Pause here. Uh, okay, so we're seeing a lot of stuff. It's hard to say what is going on in a lot of this. I like that someone's released a bunch of pigs. That's probably an anti-cop statement. It seems That's to me like we've got, we've got two factions setting up. The old man is talking about a conspiracy. We've got the people, like the law and order side, the maxed cops at the higher up of that pyramid. You would have like Ozymandias, who is basically controlling the world through manipulation and through lies. Uh, and then you've got these vigilantes on the other side who are against these these cover-ups, these masked cops, this false truth uh, and false peace that Ozymandias has come up with. That's probably the big conspiracy that everyone uh, is maybe going to be fighting to reveal. Maybe that'll be the end of season one is that Ozymandias' big conspiracy comes crashing down and everyone realizes, oh, we weren't attacked by aliens. We weren't attacked by Dr. Manhattan. Ozymandias blew up a bunch of cities on Earth and and tricked us into having a peace. And maybe we need to redo World War Three again. <laughs> maybe we called that off a little too soon. World War Four. It's just yeah, World War Four has no ring to it. World War Four. World War Four. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got to end it at three. Four doesn't sound good. That's okay. I don't think it'll be a problem anyway. It doesn't. Also, if this show ends with the actual apocalypse, that would be that would be the ballsiest move of all time. Oh yeah, that, I mean that that would be uh, a good ending too. Honestly, like because that's what that's what would have happened in Watchmen if Ozymandias hadn't stepped in and hoodwinked the entire world. There would have been a nuclear war, and everyone would have died. And maybe you know if, if we're following by like, oh, what is true is always right, oh, then maybe the world should have blown up in a nuclear fire because that would have at least been the truth. Oh, I just read that. Okay, so the series takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2019. So it's set this year. One with no Uh internet or smartphones. What would you even do and what would keep babies busy? That's just insane. 34 years after the comic ends, Robert Redford is the longest serving president of the United States, having been elected in 1992. Big Red, (laughs) Big Red leading us into the promised land. After a white supremacist group that calls themselves the 7th Cavalry, wearing homemade Rorschach masks, commit simultaneous attacks on the houses of police members, the police start wearing masks themselves. Ah, there are white supremacists wearing Rorschach masks. That's not great. I don't like that there are feelings yeah. about white people or that. I'm sure that this will be a totally non-controversial show, and uh, no one's going to lose their shit on Twitter about it. Oh, God. I think I think you're wrong, James. You are so wrong. I think they're going to be very divisive and, and shout a whole lot of things. When you're talking specifically about white supremacist groups, they're like, no, it's a superhero show. We're not talking about... I mean, sure, it is 2019. I, I do get that. It is set the year that we're in. I do under and you know it's coming out in October 2019, but it has nothing to do with reality. Anyway, oh yeah, let's see the end of this. Press play.
The blue guy's back, dude. Oh, damn. The doctor is in. Damn. I like this, man. I, I mean, I think they're doing it right. Alan Moore's never going to watch it, and he's going to call it shit without ever having seen it. But, I mean, he called the movie shit. I liked the movie. He called uh, Before Watchmen shit. I liked Before Watchmen. Doomsday Clock, I'm sure he thinks is shit. Doomsday Clock is a little bit shit. <laughs> I have no so, idea what that is. What is that? Yeah, we're gonna have to do an episode where I explain to you every piece of Watchmen media because I have, <laughs> I have, I have seen slash read it all. I am a Watchmen completionist. Uh, this isn't like Westworld where where Ryan and I were basically clout chasing <laughs> the next big thing and having to get into it uh, in real time. I've been a Watchmen fan for years. Uh, I got into it. Basically, like, just before the movie got announced, it was really good timing. Yeah, and I know absolutely nothing. I, you were, every, all your words you were using, are like, well, I, know, I, don't know, I don't know a lot of those words. I did, again, I watched the movie, and I really liked the movie. And Dr. Manhattan seemed very, very powerful, and Billy Crudup played a very nice Dr. Manhattan. And I was like, oh, I'd like to be Dr. Manhattan. And then the way you describe him as a lonely one-punch man, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that does sound sad. I don't know if I want to be sad. So we can already see the controversy this is about to dust up. These uh, angry white internet men get very upset if you parody them or if you put them in your story. They really don't like it. Uh, I remember Wolfenstein is a video game series about killing Nazis. And they had a tagline for one of their games, which was, No More Nazis. Not directed at anyone, directed at actual Nazis in, in a fictional version of Nazi Germany. And they were like, political. Yeah, everything's got to be political. How could you do this to us? It's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of pointing the finger back at you by getting offended at a video game about killing Nazis. I mean, I, I don't feel bad about uh, Nazis feeling bad. I'm sure they feel bad about feeling bad. I, but I, I, I just don't have the time or wherewithal to right. care so, about the Nazis. So in this show, there, there are going to be hardcore white supremacists who will be villains. And then people, uh, these, these, you know, these red pilled guys on the internet are going to watch that and be like, Hey, they're making fun of me. It's like, uh, uh, they wouldn't be if you weren't already identifying with the villains. You're identifying with the villains of the show. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, and this is from a standpoint of a person who likes the idea, likes the trailer a whole lot, really likes Damon Lindelof and everything that he's pretty much ever done. I I think I am concerned, and I'm going to be a naysayer right from the beginning, I guess, but I think I am a little concerned with the swath of audience this is going to take. Like, I assume they're going to be running this on Sundays at 9 p.m., right? Like, it, it, they're going to try to put it in the Game of Thrones time slot. I, and I could be wrong there. I'm not sure. I should Google it before I say it out loud, but I've already said it. Yeah, I also, I'm, I'm worried that this will not have a broad appeal. And then the, the Venn diagram of like comic book fans and right wing maniacs is almost, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty close to a circle. So I don't think they're really going to like it that much. No, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be outrage on Twitter. And honestly, that's great for the like life of the show, the lifeblood of the right. show, how long it lasts. Yeah. But honestly, I, I, I hope like the amount of outrage needs to be substantial, right? 
The thing is, outrage has become a marketing technique. When when Nike signed Colin Kaepernick and and made these uh, quote unquote controversial ads, they weren't actually, but controversial to some people. They're doing that, calculating like, oh, this is going to cause a huge right wing outrage. They're going to burn their Nikes, and everyone's going to be saying the word Nike. <laughs> I, I I I like my Nikes. Everything's fine. Uh oh, hey, so. Damon Lindelof wrote a like a five page essay about what Watchmen uh, his version of Watchmen will probably be about. I should have I just I honestly just found it and I uh, I should have read it beforehand to summarize it. But I will tell you he he tells the that the true fans are really going to like it. He says the people who really don't know anything about it or are gonna like it but of course he's gonna say that right like no no no. i swear my show is yeah. gonna be good you know who's not gonna like it uh alan moore <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be right this bloody fucking tv show ruining my fucking story so tell the people who don't know who, who alan moore is what alan moore's deal is uh alan moore is a very famous comic book writer uh he wrote a lot of famous comic books which were adapted into movies mostly mediocre to bad movies and uh he sold the rights to those stories back when he was poor and needed the money and now he can't get the rights to them back and he has sworn a lifetime intifada against hollywood for adapting his movies uh, unfaithfully real quick the comics of his which have been adapted um watchmen obviously the next biggest one would be V for Vendetta. I liked that. Yeah, V for Vendetta. Not a faithful adaptation. Sorry, Alan Moore. The movie's better than your comic. Ooh, hot your takes. Your comic is kind yeah, of not, not as good as the movie. Sorry. That's some HBO spice League of Extraordinary, League of, Yeah, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is an amazing comic series. B- bad movie. I like it, but it's bad. Hey, James, we're going to have a fight. We're gonna. I will find you in the streets, <laughs> and I will beat you up with my fists. Leave ex- well, of extraordinary like gentlemen much, is absolutely read, perfection. Read the. There's like three graphic novels about you know those characters that you could enjoy. Tom Sawyer is not in the comic books because that was a dumb addition. I don't need the comic book slash graphic novels. I have Sean Connery. Okay. What else? Oh, and then From Hell, which is a Johnny Depp movie about Jack the Ripper. I haven't seen the movie or read the graphic novel, so I can't really speak to that. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Move on. Uh, and that's it. That's it. So he hasn't liked any of these adaptations. And then recently DC started, you know, this is this is one of their highest acclaimed properties. They didn't want to just sit on it forever. They've made two different comic book series uh, spinoffs of Watchmen, which Alan Moore is not involved in. Before Watchmen, which gives us the, you know, the non-canon backstories, or canon if you ask DC executives probably, of uh, the main characters. And then also there is now called Doomsday Clock, which was supposed to have been finished a long time ago, but is every, every issue gets delayed, which is integrating the Watchmen characters into the DC Comics continuity and kind of merging them together. I am reading it, not because I give a shit about the DC Comics universe, because I like Watchmen, but I don't think I'm getting that much out of it because I don't really understand that well the ramifications for the DC universe. But it's, uh, you know, 
It's all right. It's. I mean, it's not terrible. I, I, I think if I were Alan Moore, I'd be pretty upset that they were butchering my story. Like Yet another one really of my makes, stories. Yeah. It's just like, okay, do, do we need Rorschach in a universe where there's Batman? Do we need the comedian in a universe where there's already a bunch of vigilant, angry vigilante superheroes? Sure. <laughs> Do- Whatever. Dr. Man- Fine. No, Dr. Manhattan is Dr. Manhattan is a metaphor for Superman, so you're going to put a metaphor for Superman in a comic book with Superman? I'd like to see them like out getting coffee or something. Does Dr. Manhattan eat? Does he have an appetite? These no, are the real questions. He, he, has a, he has he he fucks. He has a sexual appetite. Oh. Well, that was news to me and I'm glad I know it now. Uh we are going to I think I think we next time we should do a Watchmen viewers guide where I will go through all the fucking Watchmen shit and the order in which you should view it or read it and and whether or not you need to view or read certain things and then I think you and I should fucking do a book club and go through all this shit not just the Zack Snyder movie but the other stuff uh, and so you'll be as up to date and as uh, as nerdy as me about it. Sounds like you're forcing me to read and I'll think about it. <laughs> But, of course, I'm excited. I'm excited for the show. I want October to come already. But, before we go, we have to talk a little bit about Black Mirror, James. We said we would do, like, a little review on the new season of Black Mirror. I mean, that 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 could... That could be its own episode in a few days, man. We could we could stretch that into even more content, and then uh, it'll be like we're releasing at a normal pace. Ah, you're so right. I'm on a roll, just like Ashley O. And we're on a roll, <laughs> releasing so much content. We are content creators, James. Hashtag HBO boys, hashtag James Watches Men. Yeah, so if you're just listening, it seriously means a lot to us that you've kept listening us all this time. We are going to vindicate you when we come out with our new shit, and you're going to love it. Vindicated! Um, bear with us, guys. I got I got a I got a kid and a second kid coming. Ryan is a a business owner, so it's not like we have all the time in the world. I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. I'm very busy. <laughs> it takes a lot of emotional labor for him, all right? Yeah. Also, I have this pod this podcast is my baby. That's right. If you want to go the extra mile, please follow us on Twitter. Ryan is at Westworld Ryan. I'm at James Watches Men. Gold. If you Yes. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up there on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can email us at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. And if you are the coolest guy in the world, hosting audio costs money. Ryan and I eat the cost of that. But if you wanted to offset it so that we could do this, you know, cost free, you can find us uh, on Patreon at the Westworld Podcast. Yeah. To be completely transparent, it just renewed. I forgot about it. And it, I was like, oh, that's money. That's, that's buy, buy money. Bye. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. If you, if you want to help offset the cost of pretty expensive SoundCloud premium account, you can find us on Patreon. It would be greatly appreciated. Join us. I want to say what, like later this week, Ryan, when we'll talk about the, 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 the very short three episode season of Black Mirror? That's a lofty promise that I'm willing to make. Okay. I'm James. And, and, uh, are, are I you can't Ryan? Hear you. <laughs> oh. I'm James. You're just static. Okay. Uh. You're back. I'm James. Nope. Now you're static again. <laughs> I'm James. You're kind of back. God damn it, I'm James, all right? Did you do the outro? <laughs>
<laughs> Hello? Hello? I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Wait, were you able to hear me or did that just line up anyway? I did the outro, James. Did you do your part? Yeah, weird. It, it's weird how well that synced up, even though you can't hear me. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. Oh, wow. We killed it, James. <laughs>